to episode number 15 of the RIP podcast. We hope you've had a very, very good week and we've got a really stacked show for you uh, this week. News are coming from none other than The Offspring, Cannibal Corpse, Wednesday 13, and Escape the Fate. <laughs> but before we get to that, as usual, I am joined by Barnaby and Christoph. Christoph, how has your week been, buddy? It's been fucking grand. Places are open. <laughs> Swimming pools are open. Fucking flower yeah. centers are open. I'm on top of the world, mate. Amazing. And what about you, Barnaby? I'll tell you what, Stephen. I've been largely in the same boat as Christoph. I'm finally leaving, um, leaving the job I've hated for so long, and I'm going back to the job I've uh, wanted to get back to for ages, which has been put off because of COVID. Now, weather's been great. Friends have been good. Finally yeah. getting to make plans to go and see friends. Life's been pretty damn good at the minute. Oh, you, Thanks, Stephen. Man. I am fantastic. I'm glad to hear that you guys have had a great, great week. I've also had a good week. It's been uh, it's been good. I feel like we're getting closer and closer now to uh, a lot more uh, normality. But, uh, yeah. you know, let's, uh, let's hope that that continues. Fingers crossed. Beside variants. Yeah, exactly. Well, well I mean, the vaccine rollout's been now extended to the under 45, so they've been pushing forward. So it can only, we'll have to see how things go. But it's looking good so far. Yeah, man, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, uh, as I say, we've got a very stacked show this week, so I suppose we should start as we always start with a bit of news. So uh, I might kick off the news this week. If no? you don't okay. Barnaby, our, uh, our, our lovely uh, news correspondent. I don't mean to take the wind from your sails, mate, but I uh, not a problem at all. Let's change it up a little bit. What news yeah, have you got for absolutely. us, Stephen? All right. Well, it caught my eye. I mean, uh, obviously, I appreciate that, you know, you guys probably aren't football fans necessarily. I can't say that I'm one that as well. I mean, I don't mind it. I don't hate it like a lot of people do. But, uh, you know, I get why football's essentially like, you know, it's blokes kicking a bit of lever around the field, getting paid astronomical amounts of money. But uh, that's neither here nor there, because the reason I bring it to the show this week is because... Members of Soilwork, Candlemas, King Diamond and more have teamed up for a Swedish football anthem. So, uh, as I say, the bands in particular are all Swedish uh, Swedish metal bands and uh, they have actually all teamed up to do a Swedish national uh, football team anthem, if you like, which is titled New Javelar. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I mean, Barnaby, does You're... that sound right? I really want to correct you, but I don't want to take the wind out of yourself. No, like no, no, go on, correct time. me. I mean, I'm only a white guy in a Carnifex shirt. Go on. You can say, <laughs> say it as it's you want. pronounced, uh, pronounced? Uh, New Yavlad. New Yavlad? New Yavlad. Oh, Yavlar. the J silent or something, is it? Okay. Yeah. Now I feel foolish. Anyways, New Yavlad, as uh, Barney corrected. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Amazing. Thank you, mate. The song, uh, which is sung in Swedish, was commissioned by the Sweden Rock magazine for their country's use in the UEFA European Football Championship this coming summer. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have had a chance to listen to it. But, I mean, no, Crystal shaking his head. Barney, have you had a chance? Not at all? yet, to be honest. But I think the idea of it sounds badass, especially because like more metal artists we can get behind football. I guess that's actually a good thing for the sport, because really the only spokesperson in metal for British football I can think of is uh, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, obviously. That's really all I can think of. So to get more people into that, I guess, seems like a good yeah. thing, even though I'm not a fan of football myself. Yeah, I mean, me, uh, me neither. But uh, I mean, I listened to the song and I thought it was uh, as far as like, you know, sort of very anthemic 
get you in the mood for like you know motivating you to watch a sport in a game it was all right you know i mean i didn't yeah, understand I mean, any of the lyrics <laughs> i mean to be fair anything that bjorn street of soil work touches turns to gold considering how soil work have been on fire for the past few years so i can i can understand why it was good yeah well, this is it uh i mean it's it's like as you say like it's not only the fact that these are like a bunch of unknown like musicians either because you've got some really like big like you say um soil work and candle mass and there's some really big names well yeah exactly there's some like really really big names that are involved in this song and uh i just thought it was really cool that you know you you get like these these things that come up every now and again it kind of got me thinking like if if we were in that position like if say we could get like a fucking a band of our choosing to write a football anthem yeah. it's got me wondering who would we choose you don't know if you guys had any ideas about what sort of british metal uh, band could write like a football chanting song i have I mean, no idea per se but you remember how a few episodes ago we did that whole thing about what if we were wrestlers yeah we could do something similar for the next episode let's have a think about what band we would choose to write a british football anthem yeah, I'm going to put it straight out there. I'd go for the Toy Dolls. Like, they basically you sum up... Fuckhead. They <laughs> sum up British football shit-cunt hooliganism bullshit that you associate with football. I agree! And... I agree with you! <laughs> that's the band that I fucking picked! <laughs> and here, are, uh, and here the list is where right thinking here. Stephen was mad for a different reason. I've got the Toy Dolls, like, the, like exactly for the reasons Christoph has said, like, when you think of like you know bands that have got that very kind of like chanty crowd like crowd screaming thing i mean you got a point to a little punk band from the uk called the toy dolls because uh they they do the song nelly the elephant which has got that big woo to it yeah. and that kind of immediately puts you in that uh you know football hooligan-esque vibe you know with a bunch of like obnoxious chanting going on and they yeah. turned Livin' La Vida Loca into a hooligan punk song that has kazoos. Exactly. So who better to pick to do like a, a English football anthem than the That's Toy Dog? That's a pretty good shout, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, going to other countries, I mean, um, you could probably argue America could maybe have Hatebreed because they've got a very kind of chanting-esque feel about them, you know? Fucking... Yeah, that could work. Hatebreed. <laughs> Jake Hatebreed would be a good shout. I kick my ball in the back of the net! He could be doing that. <laughs> he could sing a lullaby that would sound motivational and crushing as fuck. All right, well, that's uh, that's what I, I've got really wanted to bring to the news. Uh, have you got anything, Barnaby? Uh, I've got um, three stories. Yeah, three stories I wanted to cover. This first one I'm going to start with isn't terribly great news, but hopefully it will turn out to be good news in the end, and that is that Exodus's drummer Tom Hunting has begun chemotherapy treatment for a form of stomach cancer. Uh, okay. So yeah. he, he got diagnosed uh, this Tuesday, just gone with a squamous cell pneumonia, which was basically a gastric cancerous tumor in his upper stomach. Mm. However, he has stated for his friends and family, and most importantly, Exodus's fans, not to worry as he is confident he is going to beat this. And I fucking love this, actually. So this is what he quoted in an interview with Metal Sucks. I'm going to beat this like a fucking snare drum that owes me money. I have had great doctors <laughs> and a great support system that has an army of itself. I am ready for the fight. And to that, I just want to say... Good luck to you, Tom Hunting. We're fucking rooting for you. Fucking kick cancer's ass for us, because we need yeah. another Exodus record. <clears throat> Hells yeah. 
fuck yeah, man, power to that guy. And it's good that he's he sounds really kind of in upbeat about it. You know, he's yeah. not like. I, th- it, I think the that. reason he's confident about it is because he's found the tumor quite early. And actually, there's been uh, a fair amount of musicians who have had um, in the metal community who have had forms of cancer detected early and gone on to be it. When you look at Chuck Billy, who got diagnosed with tongue cancer back in 2001, he kicked its ass. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson. Yep. Oh, you bastard. I was going to bring that up. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's very true. When someone steals your ideas out without yeah, knowing it. I guess it? it's yeah. only too fair. But yeah, as yeah. you said, Bruce Dickinson, I think Bobby Blitz Ellsworth of Overkill had a cancer scare as well, but he caught that early and fucking kicked his ass. And all these guys are within roughly the same age. Yeah, Dave Mustaine. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Very good indeed. Uh, we'll yeah, be getting man. a Megadeth like... album hopefully this year, but yeah yeah i think it's um fair to say that the, the odds of tom beating this cancer are actually quite high i never thought i'd say that but as i said power to this guy tom best of luck to you looking forward to hearing that new exodus record when it comes out and kick cancer's ass for me hells yeah <clears throat> cool Any shall we move on to some better one? news yes, yeah. fear factory have unveiled their first new song in six years and i can see steven has got a big massive cheshire grit can on his face it's called disruptor I take it both of you have listened to it, if I remember correctly? I haven't. I've basically slacked on new music, to be honest. I was in a fucking flurry today and yesterday. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, to be fair, I've been the same as well. But Stephen, judging by your grin, you seem to have listened to it. What did you think? I have. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's uh, it's just nice to hear new Fear Factory. I mean, I think this, this is the first new material in five years. And um, yeah, it's just like, like a guitar player like Dino Cazares, he's got such a recognizable, just like singers, when you when you listen to a band and you hear someone's voice, you immediately, okay, well, that's that guy. And I yeah. feel that like Dino Cazares has kind of got that with like a guitar tone kind of thing. It's like as soon as I hear that guitar tone, I know it's it's Dino, you know, it's just like, and there's, there's only so many guitar players that you can kind of pick out that that do that really. And Dino's one of them. And yeah, man, it's just like, it's just, again, just, it's just really nice to to hear New Fear Factory. And uh, I've only heard this new song a couple of times. And um, yeah, again, it's just like, it's doing everything that Fear Factory are known for, you know, just crushing industrial. Yeah. And uh, it's great. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the the new album when it does eventually come. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, it did make me a bit sad, to be honest, because the vocals were really good. And it's just a shame we're never going to probably hear Burton Seabell on a Fear Factory record ever again, considering how him and Dino have fallen out so badly. No, I mean, uh, like, since this, I mean, obviously, he's been quite prevalent in the news, Burton Seabell, over the last few weeks. And, um, I mean, I think he did an interview with Metal Hammer. But it's the same interview where we discussed the whole Linkin Park thing that he came out with the other week. Oh, the, that... hybrid, the hybrid theory for... Yeah. 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 Uh, and and like, during that same interview, uh, he kind of gave a bit more of an insight into the whole relationship between him and Dino. Yeah. And and it, it, it definitely did sound like a really nasty, nasty uh, breakup, basically. Like, to the yeah, point that there was actually, exactly. like, physical, like, uh, you know stuff going on between them not yeah. sex but like you know violence like yeah absolutely yeah so um but anyways i yeah i i like even without burton c bauer it would be nice hopefully this will be a nice kind of album to cement like what he's did with the band and uh 
And also exciting to know who they're going to get to fill the shoes because that's still yet to be unveiled. Yeah, might have to have a little bit of a think, uh, sort of a think tank uh, discussion going on about that because they could either get someone really, really good or it could bomb. Yeah. I think considering Fear, Dino, Fear Factory's Dino Kazaris's baby, he'll find someone who's good. So we'll just have to wait and see about that. There's been yeah. no official uh, announcement of a release date as of yet for the new album, Aggression Continuum, but Metal Sucks reckon. Um, a June release, which I'd say sounds about right. So nice. I'll just wait and, wait and see to see how the new record sounds until then. I'm quite optimistic considering how good that single was. Oh, mate, for real, yeah. This, uh, it's definitely got my uh, my interest perked for what's to come. Absolutely. I'm in the same camp as that. Mm. Cool. Anything else in the news? Speaking of new releases, actually, before I have to start this arc, I have to ask, is anybody a fan of Dream Theater? If I come to the right camp on that. I'm Instrumentally, not. yes. Vocally, no. Yeah, I think I'm in Christoph's camp, to be honest. I love John Petrucci as a guitar player, but it's, like, it's just never really grabbed my attention. But anyways, nonetheless, um, for our view, our listeners, if there's any out there who are fans of uh, Dream Theater, the, apparently their new album is done. Which I found to be quite a shock. And uh, John Petrucci says, the new Dream Theater album is filled with energy, positivity, and excitement. And it will also feature eight-string guitars for the first time in the band's history, which for the guitar nerds is really interesting. Energy, positivity, positivity, and excitement are like the opposite words I would use to describe Dream Theater. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's not really the words I'd use to describe (laughs) prog music in general, but I mean, that's just my personal take on that. Yeah, Yeah. uh, fair play. I mean, I'm sure that a load of, like, fans will be chomping at the bit to to hear it. Um, Yeah, exactly. Not a band that I've really been able to sort of glue with, really. I think yeah, I prefer... me as well, but I do accept that they have got their fan base out there. I think yeah. I prefer them as Liquid Tension Experiment. What the fuck like is that? The side project. It's like an instrumental side project. No, no they're good. Right. They are. They are really and quite good. They weirdly like released their first new album for like 10 years. It might even be longer than that. Um, okay. I think, yeah. And is it oh. is it literally just like all the members of Dream Theater? It's not like any other members from any other bands, or is it just like um, it's John and the other guitarist? Um, oh, right. I can't remember who else makes them up. Um, yeah, well, you got the bass player oh, no. John Myung, who's absolutely fucking incredible. Mike, oh, okay. I just wasn't sure whether or not it was just like a kind of supergroup type thing, and they had like people from other different bands as mm. well. But if it was just those guys, then yeah. So they released yeah. the third album this year. But apparently, their last album was in 1999. So that's one hell of a fucking gap, isn't it? And people were complaining that the wait between Tools albums was long. Yeah, that's savage. Yeah, crazy. Okay, cool. Well, maybe that might be something uh, that, uh, although I don't necessarily vibe a dream fear, I mean, I might might check them out. What are they called, Christoph? Liquid Tension Experiment. Liquid Tension Experiment. Yeah, they're quite good, they are. Cool. Uh, there's no official release words for a release date on this um, untitled Dream Theater album, but uh, the drummer Mike Mangini, so close to saying Mangina there, uh, estimates nice. <laughs> uh, it'll be out in September. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, it really depends because obviously Dream Theater is John Petrucci's baby, so we'll have to just wait and see. But yeah, that's Dream Theater, new album done and dusted, just waiting to be released. Nice. All right, cool. Anything else in the news, Barney? I uh, haven't got anything else unless you guys have got something. I mean, I was mm-hmm. going to. I was going to mention something before the podcast, but I've completely forgotten about it now. So that's just. <laughs> you never know. Mike. Maybe it might, might spring to mind in the middle of a review. <laughs> oh, yeah. Escape the fate. 
watch the watch the keep listening to this podcast to find my opinions on that <laughs> yeah i will get to it um all right well uh i suppose we should move on to some reviews then so uh yes excellent i'm looking forward to this first one. Oh yeah so um this will be a quick one i feel as well but you never know uh <laughs> we'll see so um we're going to be talking about the 15th album from the Butlins Diamond Package Entertainers Cannibal Corpse uh, <laughs> with their, their 15th record, Violence Unimagined. Following up their lovely gore fest that was uh, Red Before Black, you boys fans of Cannibal Corpse? Yes, but not as much as I used to be. Okay, interesting. What about you, Christoph? Yeah, and probably more so after like spending the past day or so listening through a lot of their back catalogue. Oh, cool. Nice. So, so how about, this, this how about yourself, Stephen? Oh, mate. I mean, uh, I, I fucking adore Cannibal Corpse, I, as we will go on to find out through this uh, this review. But uh, a band that I think are just like the epiphany of of death metal. But we'll 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 get to it anyways. But um, Christoph, did you, so you said that you've kind of been rinsing a lot of their back catalogue. Was that just by? going through this album that you found yourself going backwards or were you kind of going through the back catalogue prior to this? Like mainly through listening to this album because yeah. I always I always kind of fell to this thing of like finding them quite samey, you know? Yeah. There's never you never expect anything different or like a concept album or something that's gonna like take you off guard that they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of overlooked them. I'm like, you know, if it comes on, it's cool. But yeah. yeah, and then actually sitting down and listening to this album front to back made me want to go and listen to their other stuff, and it, it showed me a different side of them, you know. Mm, cool. And Barney, uh, so you said that like this was actually your uh, your favorite that you've you've sort of found or the, the album that you've been able to glue with. Yeah, well, I should clarify what I said just now, whereas I'm still a fan and I absolutely love Cannibal Corpse, but ever since after Evisceration Play came out, their materials just start to sound a bit more like, yeah, it's great, but like, there's no real like, evolve evolution in that sense, yeah. which maybe yeah. it was my fault for expecting that on Cannibal Corpse, considering they stick to that sound. But yeah. upon sticking this record on, because they've had, they've had a lineup change recently, but now they've got Eric Rutan, who's produced most of the band's back catalogue in on guitars full time. Mm-hmm. It's got more of an old school Cannibal Corpse sound to it, like of the really early, early days, and that has captured my attention, and that is why I think I've started to fall back in love with them now, hearing this record. Amazing! That's that's really cool to hear that it's kind of drawn you back in, back into the. Oh yeah, this the was something else, man. This was something yeah. else. See, um, I mean, like you, I mean, the the last album that I really, really enjoyed was Evisceration, Evisceration Plague. Yeah, that for me is like the absolute peak of Cannibal Corpse. That's my favorite Cannibal Corpse record of all time. That is. Oh, you go in a good mental there, mate. I mean, they have got like they've got Kill. Kill's my Kill's an incredible album, but um. Ooh, okay, yeah, I'll can I will agree with that. Uh, I don't know. It's better there, than but... Kill. But anyway, see, when it comes to bands like this, they, they do get painted with a brush, basically. Where essentially you could say, oh, well, what does their new shit sound sound like? Oh, it sounds like Cannibal Corpse. Uh, same thing happened with Slayer. The same thing happens with ACDC, with Obituary, uh, Dick and Dom, maybe. Hey, it's Busted. a callback to uh, Butlins. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, the fundamental reason for that, though, is that I was thinking like a band find a sound that they can execute better than anyone else and figure well 
why deviate when we're basically the fucking kings of what we do you know yeah um and i just find that that's exactly the case i make for cannibal corpse because this band that they've been churning out blood curdling death metal for like 31 years now and you kind of go down the, these rabbit holes with death metal uh, and you find some fucking great bands. Uh, but then it's like Cannibal Corpse reach down that hole, grab you by the scruff of your neck and pull you out and say, no, cunt, don't forget us. We are the kings of this shit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. and it doesn't matter what bands you think are fucking incredible death metal wise. Cannibal Corpse are always going to be there to basically say, uh, 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 they're gonna wave that finger like fucking Hulk Hogan, no, and no, they're no. gonna be like, no, 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 like you don't. <laughs> we're the fucking kings of this, and um, I just fucking love this band so much. It's just like, <laughs> were there any particular? Because Barney, you said that you felt it had like a much old school Cannibal Corpse vibe to it. Were, were there any particular songs that you you found had that vibe, or was it just the whole album in general? That... The whole album in general, but I've got three standout tracks that i've ranked as like okay these ones are the best ones on the album i picked out inhumane harvest um condemnation contagion and follow the blood absolute the guitar work and that's peak peak yeah. cannibal corpse and it's just like okay yeah this is why this band is awesome <clears throat> yeah definitely man and, and christoph so you obviously you said before that a lot of the time you would hear cannibal corpse come on and it would just be like oh yeah that's cool but you never really found like much to kind of glue with in terms of like any concept albums or anything like that so with um with this album did you find that you had a lot more uh a lot more of like a vibe with it so you could listen to this all the way through and, and get more out of it than you would like just sticking on a random song here and there yeah i think like smashing it on through the headphones as well so everything's just delivered you know there's mm. no interruption it's just straight there and realizing like a lot of their music is just fucking it's not just like blood and guts and we're gonna fuck you up it's like actual horror stories yeah. in audio form and it's so good and i'm gonna pronounce this well wrong even though barney just said it conda condemnation <laughs> contagion was just fucking savage and like those high-pitched guitar parts and then crushing riffs it was just fucking awesome man yeah like yeah it, it showed me a side of them that was like oh, okay i kind of overlook you guys because you are sort of like not in a bad way a one trick pony but like you said they're the kings of it and i think this yeah. album kind of showed me that i'm like sometimes i used to find them a bit much but i think i got a better understanding of them actually yeah, sitting down with exactly. an album agree to that in yeah. headphones fucking planting some fucking flowers to some cannibal corpse like perfect <laughs> mate perfection yeah. and, <laughs> and there like i was imagining i'd fucking butcher my workplace listening to this album <laughs> <laughs> and there's something to be said for george george corpse going to fisher's voice man because the guy is just a fucking machine you know there's the even fact... something more to be said about his neck well i mean i i a man that sounds like that can only have a neck that big man it's just it's only science for fuck's sake uh it's uh he's just a he's just a monster that destroys on everything he puts his name to i think you know the guy is just incredible and this album's no different um i mean i, I could bang on about the songs individually but i just figure why bother when you guys know what you're in for really um it's just once again 42 minutes of disgustingly gory bewilderment to add to a back catalogue of death metal bliss and i you know 
I don't know what better way I can put it than that, to be honest. Um, yeah, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. It's just amazing they can still create music this crushing that puts a lot of the younger bands to shame. And these guys are well into their 50s. Like, yeah. That's what I find absolutely incredible. Like, yeah. You think I mean, a band's this old exactly. would have had their time and retired and then be outdone by younger bands, but nope, not even close. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it goes back to that that whole thing of going down a rabbit hole with death metal and then Cannibal Corpse are firmly there to grab you back up and drag you up and say no. This is, <laughs> before you get too invested uh, nope. in something, you know, just remember we're Cannibal Corpse and we fucking crush. <laughs> and that's uh, end of story. Uh, cool. Well, have you guys got anything else to add to Cannibal Corpse's 15th record? Again, the violence unimagined. I really want to see Celestial... Oh, sorry, Christoph, you go ahead. No, sir, I'm all good. Huh? I really want to see Celestial Sanctuary go on a tour with these guys. Yeah, that'd be a fucking good shout, actually. After that record we talked about, like, you could picture those guys opening up for him. Or oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, that'd be fucking really cool. Let's hope that we get it, man, because uh, you got to think that times are changing. We're going to start getting gigs again, hopefully, in a few yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. Or, Everyone uh, wants to get out there and pour, beer, pour lukewarm beer on each other and kick each other in the nuts in the mosh pit. Yeah, definitely. I want to look at that neck. <laughs> i want to wear some hawaiian shirts seeing them again i should mention this uh for our listeners at uh, 2018 bloodstock we saw cannibal corpse live and then as a gimmick we all decided to wear hawaiian shirts as tribute to cannibal corpse's uh, cameo in ace ventura i don't want to do yeah. that again i've still got that hawaiian shirt actually yeah man like, i've still got mine the, the, the issue with that was at bloodstock was the fact that like everyone was so up for it and like you know it, everyone was on board and everyone was wearing hawaiian shirts like all day and it was lovely and then the minute the cannibal uh, corpse comes on rain. it starts fucking smashing it down with rain i've never seen like it was just it was ridiculous how yeah, much rain because they were on before gojira weren't we yeah weren't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nope. and um unfortunately that did kind of put a damper on the things <laughs> so I still, I still was wearing rain we, we still had a little like four-man mosh pit Oh, yeah, but everyone was wearing the shirts under the fucking coats and it didn't really have the same effect, you know, but... Uh, also, I oh. thought nobody else was going to be wearing the same shirt as me. I counted at least, like, 20 people who wore the same exact fucking shirt. Yeah. Well, Gonna have to upgrade your fucking Hawaiian shirt in that game for yeah, next time. Yeah, I'm, gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to actually go to where um, that guy who played... Um, the guy who's in Magnum P.I., wherever he gets his Hawaiian shirts, I'm going there. Yeah. I remember I wore my, uh, like, I went to Tenerife wearing my Hawaiian shirt that I wore at a Cannibal Corpse gig. And it was basically just, like, covered in, it's like a Hawaiian shirt and had loads of lemons on it. And some, like, drunk fucking northern chav cunt came up to me and says, you're really twisting the lemons, man. And I, I looked at him dead faced in the eyes and said, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the last time I wore my Hawaiian shirt. Bit of a backstory there. Bet you, you bewildered him, so you didn't quite know what to do. A northern man has had his dominance uh, challenged. Yeah, well, whenever you go to these all-inclusive holidays, to these very, like, tourist-trapped places like Tenerife and stuff, it's just a bunch of fat northerners walking around with their guts out that have, like, Oasis ta lyrics tattooed on their bodies, you know? It's just like, well, that's original. I want to live forever tattooed on my arm. Anger. Yeah, it's fucking... And they've all got, like, like off-brand, like, England football team merch it's not even yeah, official one, is, like... one of them's got to be a member of edl yeah maybe but anyway let's not talk about fat northerners and tenerife let's move anyway, on yeah. to, uh, to the next album and continuing with the uh, the horror theme shall we say this comes from none other than the duke of spook mr wednesday of 13 
who's decided to uh, drop a cheeky little EP for us. So, name of the EP is uh, Necrophase Antidote. Uh, it comes after his 2019 album Necrophase. So, very much a continuation of that album, you would assume. Mm. Uh, so, you boys fans of Wednesday 13? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I adored him. I was fucking hooked from when I saw him as Murder Dolls. Yeah. Since yeah. then, how? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, like, like you guys, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a diehard Wednesday 13 fan. Um, although I do have to confess, confess that I wasn't that big on his last album Necrophase when it came. It had its moments, like the Hearse and Zodiac which were these fucking, there was great standouts on the album, but the album itself just seemed to be a lot more filler than it was killer. And, um, and uh, I don't know what you guys thought. Did you check out his, his last album, Barney? Necro, uh, Necro- I checked out bits of it. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I, I dug most of it. Yeah. And well, Christoph, what did you think of Necrophase? I enjoyed it. There was a shit ton of cheese. Like, yeah. Bring Your Own Blood was just cheese-soaked. Yeah. Like, what was the name hot? of the album that had What the Night Brings on it? Um, condolences. Yeah, I absolutely loved that album. That was. Yeah, I mean, that's a banger. I mean, the thing is, they've all, there's, Wednesday 13's always had that kind of tongue-in-his-cheek-like sensibility about, about him. So, you know, songs like Bring Your Own Blood and, and um, what's the other cheesy one off the album? Is it? decompose i can't remember oh, i like decompose yeah decompose is all right but th- like with wednesday in particular he's got like a very wacky sense of humor so he's always gonna have that he's always had that sort of cheesy thing about him which has kind of been part of its charm um but i just thought that like again the album in itself was a bit i don't know what it was it just didn't glue with me like a lot of his albums do you know like Barney, you said it. His album before Necrophase called uh, Condolences. It was. Um, I want it, it. I hope it is called Condolences because I'm going to sound like an absolute twat if it's not that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're correct. Yeah. We always dodge. fact check our statements, listeners. <laughs> yeah, as we're recording. Um, yeah, yeah. It was called. Uh, it was called Condolences. Uh, I'm right. So that album in particular was fucking great. It was kind of like. Wednesday 13 over the last couple of years has made like a very conscious decision to go down a more kind of heavier direction. Whereas if you listen to a lot of his earlier records like uh, Transylvania 90210 and uh, Fang Bang and Skeletons, they're all like very, they're more like rock punk based albums that are more engrossed in like a horror movie type wrapping paper. Whereas like when you look at the more latter end of his career, he's definitely gone for a more heavier sound. He's gone towards that more kind of uh, modern metal style of music. And, uh, you know, and that's, I mean, he's got records, like I said, Condolences. Album before that, I want to say it was called uh, Monsters of the Universe, which is fucking great. It's just like Wednesday, just going to a more kind of heavier place. And um, it really worked. Uh, but anyway, be all and end all obviously necrophase it was some people dug it some people didn't and some people were just a bit on the fence and i'd say i'm i'm firmly one of those people that were on the fence about it but um that was back in 2019 so we're basically at one year and a bit 
from that album and uh we arrive at this ep which is it's a very short and sweet one two re-recorded versions of some frankenstein drag queen songs as well as two cover songs um them being devil inside by australian rock band in excess and films by gary newman so i'll start with you christoph what did you reckon of the ep i liked it i didn't i put it on not knowing it was four tracks yeah um so yeah i was like soon disappointed when it got to the end but i think yeah it had it had just enough of everything starting with your mother sucks cocks in hell was a fantastic fucking open and then that gary newman cover was really cool and different it really reminded me of like jane's addiction yeah but a bit more dingy um yeah yeah i quite liked it Uh, yeah it's just so brief i don't know what else you can really say about it it was cool yeah this is the problem with uh with well, I want to say EPs in general, but I mean, that's the, I suppose that's the whole point of EPs. They're not like full length, full bodies of work, if you like. But uh, Barney, did you get much out of this, uh, this EP? I think I'm in the same boat as Christoph, to be fair. I really dug the first track, Your Mother Still Sucks Cocks in Hell. That was good. I had quite a punkish vibe to it, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you said, the other track, as um, yeah, the other track which released. Uh, got my attention was the Gary Newman cover films, which I really dug. Me as a Gary Newman fan, uh, absolutely made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, definitely. I'm a big fan of uh, Gary Newman too. He's got a new yeah. record coming in a few months, so we should we should review that. But oh, Elliot, absolutely. Uh, I've been loving his re- more recent stuff. Yeah, man. But um, anyways, getting back to Wednesday. So uh, my immediate reaction was was you know where was this fucking production on Necrophase? Because I just found that. This fucking EP just sounds so like the instrument wise and, and the way it sounds just sounds fucking huge. And it kind of felt like, well, where was this like the, the drums didn't sound anywhere near this good in Necrophase, you know, like the it was just everything was just sort of elevated. And, um, you know, it, it's always good hearing those old school like Frankenstein drag queen songs with a more modern production behind them especially one as good as this too uh barney i don't know if you're aware mate but basically wednesday had like a when he first started he started a band called the frankenstein drag queens and that's where he wrote the majority of the material for like the murder dolls and and obviously then he went on to do you know his own solo stuff yeah i heard bits about that i've never listened to it myself though yeah so um it's kind of like the frankenstein drag queens were like the template for a lot of where he was going to go in the future and as I say, like listening to songs like Your Mother Sucks Cocks in Hell and uh, Screwdriver uh, to The Return. Again, it's kind of they're, they're just those old school Frankenstein drag queen songs that have just got such a modern production behind it, which is yeah, which is always cool to li- listen to. Although Screwdriver to The Return, I, I read that title track and I was thinking, oh, OK, cool. So it's going to be like a completely different song to the original, but sadly it wasn't it was again just a re-recorded version of the original so that kind of confused me that you're gonna essentially name something as like a sequel or like a continuation of a of a song i mean the the original song in itself is only like a three minute punk song so i wasn't expecting anything big or any deviation but to have the basically the exact same song lyrics and all but just basically wrapped up in a different song title just seemed a bit weird and uh as for the covers I think they're okay, uh, essentially. I mean, um, 
I definitely prefer the Gary Newman one as opposed to the In Excess one. But that may well just be purely down to the fact that I'm a bigger Gary Newman fan than I am a uh, In Excess fan. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, in in, in essence, I, I do kind of question the point of this, really. <laughs> it's just essentially like, yeah, it's cool. You know, you, I get that you want to sort of maybe just have just have a release out just to keep you current and keep you keep people aware that you're still you know you're still a creative force but you know it's sort of if you're going to name it like you know necrophase and antidote i expect like a continuation of like the album necrophase as opposed to like oh just uh re-recording just re-recording some really old songs and two covers you know just sort of feels a bit weird Well, I think he just did it as something just to keep himself busy. I mean, obviously, with bands being locked away this uh, past year due to yeah. the virus going it around, was then. it was good. It was good that he still released some stuff. I mean, it was good. It was almost like bloopers from an album, not even like B sides. Just like, yeah. oh yeah, we just recorded these, and do you know what? They're lying around. I'll just fucking chuck them in. Yeah. Like, okay. Exactly. Yeah, I'd agree to that. Um, but uh, yeah, because I mean, I, I think even on Necrophase, he had a cover on that record from uh, I think it was a Wasp song that he was covering with Alexi Leho. Uh, fuck, fuck like a beast, I think. I think it was that song, which uh, yeah, which is cool. But uh, maybe yeah. he kind of he recorded three covers and thought, okay, well, I'll pick the best one to put on the album, which ended up being Wasp and these other two. I'll just chuck them on an EP a year later. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, a lot of bands have discarded material. They're just like, well, we never know if we're going to need it. So let's just keep it aside in case we want it. And then maybe the opportunity arose where they're like, oh, we we got an EP. Let's chuck one of the tracks on there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, again, it, it's I'm happy. I'm always happy hearing those Frankenstein drag queen songs put for a modern day production, which was kind of my main takeaway from this. Um, yeah. I don't know if, if you guys have got anything else for Wednesday at all, or if you're quite all happy mm. with, you know, the, the, the whole 10 minutes, if not even that of the, <laughs> the recording. No, I think, I, I think I've heard everything, said everything I need to say. I dug it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for the cock tease there, bud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why don't you give us something a bit more substantial next time, huh? Yeah. Eh? On, yeah not just the tip. Come on. Yeah. Well, I'm mainly just pissed at myself. I got too drunk, day drunk on the Friday bloodstock and missed Wednesday 13th set, but that was my own fault. Oh, you savage. Yeah, you were very uh, I woke up just in time to catch Camelot Emperor and Judas Priest. Oh, so boring. Like, you could have waltzed know, like with me and Christoph, so I walked like a zombie. Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. rest assured, first chance I get to see Wednesday 13, I'm going to be jumping on it. I might, we'll have to try go get tickets to the same show. Yeah, well, we shall, uh, we shall see. But again, that is uh, Wednesday 13 uh, with his brand new EP, Necrophase Antidote. It is out now. Okay, moving on to the next album we're going to be talking about. Um, made a conscious decision not to end with this album, uh, so we kind of want to get out of the way as soon as we can because we figure we want to end on a high. We don't want to end on like a you know a steaming pile of shit. Which uh, spoiler alert is what's coming next. So uh, we're going to be talking about the brand new record from uh, Escape the Fate, named Chemical Warfare. It is the band's seventh album. So a band that I personally couldn't give two fucks about. Any of you guys are uh, fans? Barney, are you a fan of this band, mate? Uh, oh, God. Why didn't anybody tell me? Oh, my God. My insides are on fire. 
No, please. No more. No more. <laughs> Dad, I'm scared. Get the phone. Call 911. Has that said everything I needed to say? Yeah, well, the gist. Uh... <laughs> Christoph, how, Christoph, how about yourself? Maybe you might be able to actually um, get words to microphone in this case, because I couldn't. I mean, yeah, it's not really for me, you know. I'm not a 14-year-old girl, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's reassuring to know that, you know, uh, each of us have ears that do function correctly, because we all have the same feelings in regards to... Uh, in regards to this band and their musical output. So, again, it, it just seems that bands of this nature, and I'm talking Pierce the Veal, Bale, whatever the fuck you call oh, them. Pierce the Veal Scallop. Pierce the Veal. Pierce the Veal I mean, who cares? They're equally as terrible. I mean, yeah. I mean, they could probably appeal to a more demographic audience if they talk about the fact he's eating veal, but they won't because they talk about, as Christoph said, 14-year-old children. Uh, Pierce the Veal, Falling in Reverse, Sleeping with Sirens. I could go on, but these bands essentially, the, the absolute dregs of that emo movement that just refused to fuck off when it was well and truly past anything credible. The big bands outgrew the scene. Your, MC, your MCRs, your Fallout Boys, you know, once they effectively outgrew that scene and become their own things, you were just left with these abhorrent bands uh, such as the one we're talking about today, Escape the Fate. So, <laughs> again, we have ears, so presumably you guys are not a fan of Escape the Fate's seventh record, Chemical Warfare. Oh, I mean, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, first uh, of all, Slay Slayer want their song title back. Thanks for stealing it, you fuckwits. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's um, true. I, I didn't even make that connection until you said actually, mate, but I think I was just yeah, so exactly. uh, taken well, back and, by uh, how bad it is. I mean, unlike this, the Slayer song Chemical Warfare is actually god tier. Um, where do I start with this album? I'm going to start with something really, really, really stupid, but I couldn't point it out. The album artwork is absolute dog shit for starters. I've not even seen it. What, yeah, what I didn't it? bother looking. It, it looks like it was done in Microsoft Plane, basically. Oh, right. Well, yeah. that's, uh, and it's funny you mentioned that, Stephen. I'm a little bit pissed off at you because now you've basically said everything I've wanted to say. But uh, I, I think oh, I right. did that with Celestial Sanctuary last time, so it's only fair you did it this time. But this does sound like they've never grown out of their emo days. Like, obviously, with their first album was Ronnie Radke, who went on to front Falling in Reverse. They've never grown out of it. They've never evolved. They've just been stuck in that phase. Like, they're still obsessing over the girlfriend that broke their hearts in fucking year nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of... You can only assume that's who this appeals to at this point. <laughs> but the problem is all those people have moved on. And those who haven't moved on are likely on some sort of a sex offenders registry list because they probably touch yeah. kids or something. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and it I just mean, feels like this allegedly... album... Yeah. <laughs> but it just yeah. feels like this album is also a little bit confused as well. Whereas like, when you take the first track, Lightning Strike, it's not even slightly heavy. Like Breaking Benjamin and Skillet have done stuff heavier than this. Yeah, And it just sort of feels like the album's bordering on it wants to sound like Asking Alexandria and in some moments it wants to sound like All Time Low. Mm. Yeah, well... Uh, it's like... Yeah, sorry, Stephen. No, as I said, I, mean, I, I agree. It, it just it just seems like there's a very, very pool of bands that are all like this, you know? it's This isn't just an isolated incident. This is basically something that I find with 
yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. But uh, I mean, Christoph, what did uh, what did you think? I mean, obviously, you, you briefly said that you're not a fan of music that appeals to 14 year olds. I mean, does that kind of carry through with how you feel about the record as a whole? Yeah, and I mean, I try to be open about it, and I think it suffers the same thing as like that Love and Death album. You get yeah. an opening riff, and you're like, "Oh, okay." The second track, I can't remember what it is. Oh, uh, the the opening instrument, the one that she, yeah. the one that they did with Lindsay Sterling. And you're like, "Okay, I can get down with this." And then it drops to this piss weak, moany sounds like a dude who's never had his balls dropped. And to be fair, I put it on, and the person I was with within about two minutes told me to fuck off. <laughs> I mean, would you be referring much. to the third track, Unbreakable? Because I've got some stuff I want to say about Possibly. that. Possibly. I mean, we skipped the first track after a few minutes. We both got drawn in because we were both like, okay, like the first track, we're like, this is piss week. And then you hear the instrumental of the second track, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe it was just a poor start. And then. <laughs> yeah and then i got told to fuck off so i think i feel like problem... yeah, i feel like if someone will tell you to fuck off um in in anger who's very placid yeah. that says a lot about a band i know? think the problem was with the second track is it has a uh, a violinist called Lindsay sterling who's absolutely amazing guest on it and that is what made the track not as meh as it probably was would have been if it was just escape the fate doing it <laughs> Fuck it okay. oh excuse me sorry i didn't mean to let that burp out <laughs> yeah well talk about escape the fate or oh, that belch yeah um, yeah well uh, uh yeah. you said that you you had something to say about the track unbreakable which is the third track barney yeah all right go on then it's fucking shit <laughs> I was like, seriously, it's like, okay, it's got some riffs, they're not exactly great, but it's tolerable. It's like how um you're welcome by day to remember was until it got to like degenerates or something, if I remember the back that form. And it comes to this like really shitty electronic boom 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 music, and it's just like it's auto-tuned, it's electronic, it's crap, it's got the balls. It's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And it was just fucking awful, and then it was just gone downhill from there. And um it got worse on a track called uh, Burn Their Bridges. I think it was called, um, give me a second, Burn, Burn the, the Bridges. bridges. Yeah. Where the vocalist decides, oh, I'm going to try and be gangster and start rapping. That would be a great idea, wasn't it? Let me try and be a like white boy gangster. Like the guy in the Pretty Fly for a White Guy music video. And it just yeah. sounds fucking cringe. And it's like, what are you doing, man? That, I mean, that, that kind of does, if you're going to use one word to sum the album up as a whole, cringe probably isn't <sighs> too far away from the, the relevant words to use. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of a Swedish metalcore band called Dead by April. I don't know if that rings a bell. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard the name. So they use a lot of electronic elements in their music, and the way they use it is debatable, but I've always been a fan of theirs because I feel like they've mixed it quite heavily with their heavy side. Yeah. It feels like this band have just listened to Dead by April's latest album and just gone, yeah, we'll do that, and then just overdone it with the electronics. Yeah. So you basically try to copy a band that's a lot smaller than you. Uh, more or less. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of, you know, their way of... of trying to appeal to the uh the metal kids by you know copying uh, a style of music that they're not aware of it's been done numerous times yeah. by now uh for me it was a track called a ratio which is where i uh yeah. oh uh, I, I'll, I, I'll let you take this one since i ranted on about burn the bridges and unbreakable but i think we'll yeah. have largely the same opinion on that well the thing is it's just like <sighs> Erase you. It's like it's like an advert for fucking TikTok. 
all these stupid cunts that think the most it's the most hilarious thing in the fucking world. Ha ha ha, look at me. I'm miming the words to a famous movie, aren't I funny and great? Like, oh, yeah. No, that's that's just like this is like the musical equivalent of that. Like who is this appealing to? Then who thinks this is good? People that have TikTok, presumably. Because <laughs> I just don't I really don't understand the appeal. Like it's just so horribly misguided. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I've just... got I've got one more bone to pick with this album, if I may, and that's for some of the tracks. It seems like it's going to build up to a heavy sort of ish breakdown. More specifically on the track, not my problem. Which um, it says it features Travis Barker, but I can't figure out what he's featuring on. The snare drum, knowing yeah, Travis probably. Barker. Yeah, yeah he's, probably. He's, I might explain why the snare sounds good. To be fair, but it's like this is bit building... on the guy's fucking yeah. neck. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit building up to what's meant to be a breakdown where the singer says like you. I think it's like you took an inch and give a mile, the more you bitch, less I smile. And it gets anger and anger, then it just drops and it's like, there's no breakdown. <clears throat> what the yeah. fuck? No, it's no, like, I mean, it's got uh, no fucking bollocks. balls yeah. at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially the soundtrack for fucking idiots, this, uh, this album. Um, I mean, I ask you both, is, is there anything good about this at all? It ends. Yeah, it ends. yes, it ends. yes, Christoph. Oh, fuck's sake, you stole the words right in my mouth. <laughs> there's an end to it and it's not that long. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean, if this were 2007, you could maybe get away with this. But now it's just music for people that don't like oxygen. The problem is the 2007, if people wanted to throw back to then, they just have to go back and listen to Escape the Face verse record, Dying is Your Latest Fashion, which had Ronnie Radke on vocals. They don't need this album serves no fucking purpose other than that it's stuck in the past and it doesn't evolve. Yeah, it just sounds as edgy as getting bubblegum stuck in your hair and then taking a MySpace angle yeah. picture with the caption raw. Holding XD means I love you, dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. That, that's you can only assume that's like they're appealing to that kind yeah. of audience, and... but that audience doesn't exist yeah. anymore. The other problem, I don't is... know. Have you ever been to a fucking good Charlotte gig? That audience very much still oh. exists. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they doing that ironically, or are they doing that because they actually live that way every day of their lives? Yeah, no. It's kind of like you can argue you go watch bands like that now, and there's the whole nostalgia about it. Like, I'm sure that. You go watch My Chemical Romance when they're doing these stadiums in Milton Keynes whenever the fuck it happens. And it's going to be loaded with people that have put on the whole kind of emo fringe, like, you know, thing. Steven, Steven. Yeah. that was the news I wanted to bring up earlier. You just reminded me, their, toes, their tour's been postponed to next year now. Oh, wow, cool. Well, yeah, exactly. Not that I'm yeah, a fan but... of My Chemical Romance, but, you know, I thought I'd bring that up better late than never. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Um, huh. I mean, that's probably more interesting entirely than Escape the Fate in general. Yeah. So. The other thing I wanted to mention is as well is like I'm not a massive fan of Falling in Reverse. I still find her stuff to be largely in the same vein, and Ronnie Radkit is a bit of a douche nozzle. But having listened to Escape the Fate, I'm oh, sorry, not Escape the Fate, Falling in Reverse's latest stuff, particularly a track called Popular Monster, they have evolved and they've gotten heavier. Mm. And you can tell that Ronnie Radkit has, I mean, I never thought I'd put evolve and roddy ratkin the same sense but he has evolved <laughs> as a musician and it's like uh, yeah their stuff's still hit and miss for me but it is miles miles better than this and that's the yeah. problem it's pulling a reverse i found a niche and they've evolved and they're still hit and miss but they have managed to sort of grow as a band but these guys haven't and they've been stuck in the shadow ever since ronnie ratkin left and craig mabbitt has come in as a vocalist and he just sounds like he's got no balls Mate, I mean, they've been stuck in the shadows since, like, fucking MCR and Fall Out Boy went massive, and then they left this whole genre of music behind them, you know? It's yeah, like, I mean, look at Fall Out bands. Boy now. I mean, for better or for worse, a Fall Out Boy, because their latest stuff's dog shit. But, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, look at Panic at the Disco as well. 
again, it's just I'm talking about there was this whole massive movement of emo music, you know, all of these bands that had this appeal about them that, you know, they eventually moved on to do other things, you know, but you were just still left with this residual kettle of just these bands that were fucking terrible. Yeah, and then it's like, even, not even Black Frog Brides do this anymore. Yeah, and one big gripe as well for me is the fact that um a band like escape the fate you you know and bands like them as well again going back to the you, you pierce the veils and, and you're sleeping with sirens these bands will always get these quite healthy mid-slotted bills at like a download festival playing in front of fucking yeah. thousands and thousands yes. of people yeah like in a really good spot and the fact being is that you know you could pull any fucking band off the Pepsi Max stage and replace them with that set. Not only will it do more for that band, it will also be infinitely better than what those bands have to yeah. do. Well, this you is, know? well, funny you mention that. It's like, who's saying that Escape the Fate deserve a slot like that when you can easily have a band like Saley or Celestial Sanctuary or, oh no, Product yeah. of Hate, a band that is infinitely better than this pile of fucking steaming dog shit. Exactly. It's just, I just don't really understand this whole popularity thing of like putting these really really shitty bands that are just not doing anything for anybody now yeah yet they're still getting these healthy mid-build slots on your big main stage like festivals at, at least a day to remember sort of evolved i mean as much as we tore that record apart for any listeners listening now i can't remember what episode it was but we tore into a day to remember's latest record a fair bit but at least it's it is better than this i never thought i'd say that but it is. It's, it's just. It's all at this point. It's all. Um. It's all relative, really. I mean, I. I. I don't. I just. I just put it all in the same basket. It's you know, if it's shit, yeah. it goes in the same basket, and you know, this goes firmly on top of all the other ones that we've talked about. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have got anything else to add to escape the fates. Chemical uh, affair. I feel like I'm gonna say anymore. I'm going to be angry. Yeah, avoid <laughs> this album like it's the fucking plague. Yeah, or it's, uh, the, or it's the drunk racist uncle that shows up at every family wedding. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I know, I've said I've said enough. I don't want to get any more angry than I already am. All right. Well, again, that's uh, Escape the Fates, Chemical Warfare. Uh, it's out now. Should you wish to listen to it, um, but uh, maybe maybe Chemical Castration would have been a more suitable name. <laughs> for, uh, for the album. Slayer, Slayer still want their song title back. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Uh, we should move on to the the last album we're going to be talking about of the week. Uh, so, as I said before, we wanted to end on a high this week. So uh, we figured, well, why not do that by uh, talking about the brand new record from uh, the punk rock legends, The Offspring, with their 10th studio album, Let the Bad Times Roll. So the first new album in a whopping nine years. Last album, Days Gone. I can honestly say I don't remember much hype about it when it came out. Uh, it just seemed to come and go and, and nothing really stuck with a lot of people from that record. Do you guys remember much about that album? Any highlights that you can recall from it? Mm, it's been a while since I listened to it, so I can't say, but I am a fan of The Offspring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I mean, uh, again, The Offspring, uh, I think collectively as a podcast, we can all agree that they're, uh, you know, that they're, they're we all love them, you know. It's hard yeah. not to deny to deny a band like Offsprings, really. Um, yeah, so this being 
the first album in, in a whole in a long time. Um, when it comes to Offspring these days, I for me personally, I find myself going back to. My, I mean, my favorite, our personal favorite, is an album called uh, "Conspiracy of One," which uh, I think that that record. It's the perfect meld of giving you everything that you want from an Offsprings album. Uh, you've got the massive fun punk rock songs, but then you've also got those elements of of serious uh, songs to, to, the, to the album as well. You know, it's just like the perfect meld of everything they do in one album. Do you guys have a particular favorite that you tend to go towards? Or are you just someone that just skim through every they- record and put the, the hits on? Or the greatest hits, even. Hey, you. As well. You're sorry. You oh, can't. sorry. I, oh, yeah. Conspiracy, Conspiracy One's my favorite as well. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. How about you, Christoph? I'm torn between Conspiracy or Ixnay on the Ombre. It's just yeah. a fucking banger album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, arguably, then, our favorite records are albums that were written like, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> so uh, you can say that in terms of the Offsprings uh, sort of latter material, um, it's a bit harsh to say there was a drop off, but there was definitely more of a, um, there's more of a appeal to their, uh, their sort of older albums basically, but enough waffle in terms of, you know what's then and what's now let the bad times roll what do you guys think of the offspring's brand new record christoph i'll start with you buddy i thought it was perfect like considering how short it was you know it's only like half an hour i think they crammed everything you want from the offspring plus some like new elements there was like rockabilly rock and rolly sort of sounds they had like a little mexican themes thrown in there it was fucking great like this is not utopias as the opening track was grand it's got this beautiful inspiring sort of theme and then it drops into let the bad times roll which i think is just going to be like the anthem of the year it's just such considering its title it's such a fucking feel-good song i was going to skip it earlier because i'm going to give it one more listen before the podcast went to skip it and as soon as you hear like that drum and acoustic time in and you're like yeah no it's not getting skipped like it's absolutely <laughs> not getting skipped yeah. um i first there was this what was the second release we don't have sex anymore uh-huh. when i heard it as a standalone i was like it's a bit cringy it's a bit weird yeah. and then re-listening to it you're like actually it's like a tongue-in-cheek fucking song about a lack of passion, which happens with a lot of people. So I think even the songs I wasn't as fan of, that kind of grew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my only gripe with it is that they had that lullaby thing at the end. I think with how perfect that re-imaged version of Gone Away is, yeah. like that should have been how it closed. I don't think that last one minute amalgamation of all of the songs was necessary. Okay. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like it's. You sort of feel that well, you've you've got like the, you've got that closer. Why would you sort of add like anything else to the end of it at this point? But yeah, uh, what about you, Barnaby? What did you reckon? I think Christoph and I are largely the same boat. I absolutely uh, loved this record, and it was a good introduction back into the band because I haven't yeah. listened to these guys in, I mean, fucking god knows how long. 
Yeah. So it's good to finally get back into these guys. And it just feels like even though it's a little bit politically charged, it is just a feel-good album. Like, when you listen to a song like Let the Bad Times Roll, you can't help but feel like, yeah, I want to get drunk and dance to this shit. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, and I got, absolutely. And I got largely the same vibe with This Is Not Utopia and Behind Your Walls was an amazing track as well. Mm. And there's just this um, this great good time vibe, despite the shit situation vibe, all the way through the album. One thing that really surprised me was their... Um, minute rendition of in the hall of the mountain king which i really did not expect at all and i'm still a little bit conflicted on how to feel about that to be honest it was good but i just felt like damn i wasn't expecting that if you mm. see what i'm saying yeah i mean it's pretty cool that uh, a band this far in as well can keep surprising surprising yeah the uh, uh, rendition of gone away as well was just absolutely beautiful i was close to tears on that one as well because it just seems like that's a piano that's a track that works really well with piano and just slowing it down a little bit and it's just a piano and dexter holland and it's just a feels trip cool All it's right. better than uh, five finger death punches version anyways oh yeah i forgot that even existed <laughs> yeah i'm sorry if i brought that back into memory yeah um see allow me to be the cunt in this review um Actually, cunt, cunt is a bit is a bit strong, actually, because um, yeah. I, I mean I think that this is this is good, and at times it's fucking great. Yeah, the okay. the album it opens really strong. Uh, this is not Utop- This is not Utopia, and let the bad times roll. Fucking great title track, especially. I mean, you guys have already said it's kind of like you know that at this point feels like the song of the year already. Um, exactly. It's just like. That was the first song that they had released on the build-up to the album, and uh, I, you know, I, I really, I really liked it at the time as it came out. But fuck me, is that song a grower now? Because like I, I've listened to it countless times, and <clears throat> yeah, I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I listened to that album on repeat. But the, the song on repeat, sorry. But I just fucking adore that song now. I think it's just like the perfect song for a day like today where it's lovely and sunny and it's just like perfect for having a beer in the garden and just like, you know, banging that out on the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, on a, on a radio, fucking radio, fucking uh, speaker. Um, Army of One, I thought, was a bit ploddy. Uh, it just seems to repeat the same refrain. doesn't really go anywhere. And I, I don't really need... a a bunch of 50 year old dudes writing songs about not having sex anymore with their wives, girlfriends, whatever. Well, yeah. I feel like I'm in the same, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the same boat on you. As <laughs> you that know, one. there's two ways you can look at it. I suppose. I mean, on the face of things you can say, well, you know, it is like a basically Dexter Holland in his fifties talking about not having sex with his wife or whatever anymore. But then Crystal mentioned that it's more of a song about losing your love for passion. So, you know, depends like how, how much you read into it, I guess. Um, me i i kind of took it at face value in terms of uh the song title in itself and and the subject matter but you know this is why a band as much shit as a band like green day get they don't they don't write songs about wanking anymore and they don't write songs about you know they, they don't write songs of this nature anymore and i think it's more because of that reason like they kind of they can take a step back and realize that okay well kind of at some point we gotta we're gonna look ridiculous like being these old men talking about these things like you know moving forward so we kind of need to change things up a little bit you know whether that be writing about politics or writing about the climate whatever that whole kind of uh early 2000s pop punk thing of like writing songs about wanking and losing your virginity and 
and that kind yeah. of stuff. It was great when you're in your twenties, but like when you're in your fifties, going on to your sixties, it just sounds a bit kind of cringe. Yeah, well, let's uh, take like one of Offspring's most well-known songs back in the day, which is "Want You Bad," which I think came out around the turn of the two thousands. That's a perfect example yeah. of that. Well, this is it. I mean, that's different though because like the band were at the right age when they wrote that material it's like i'm not saying that they shouldn't ever play that shit because they should because that's like their arguably their best material but what i'm saying is is like uh that kind of when you write it at that point in your life when you're in your early 20s and you wrote this song and it's great and you can revisit that you know whenever because that cements a certain period of time but when you get to a certain age and you're still writing songs like that uh it is sort of this is a bit you know this is can maybe get away with that when you were like 20 drinking beer in your mate's back garden but now it's a bit different you know um so my big gripe with this is something that you guys have praised <laughs> oh the, the gone the gone away requiem yeah so uh gone away just to cement the point so it's been nine years without any new material from the offspring. And to me, it just felt a bit lazy to have an alternative version of a song that you wrote back in 1997 on an already short album. I mean, the album is only about 30 minutes in length, I think, roughly. 33. 33 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, again, just to have that alternative version of a song that's already been written for, like, however many years... I, I get, I you know, I get the fact that you know it's uh, it's obviously it's nowhere near the same as the original by any stretch of the imagination. But mm. yeah. you can maybe get away with doing that if it was claimed as being a bonus track or if it was like a individual release. But to stick it on as a note, this is a, this is a brand new Offspring record. Me personally, I expect to hear nothing but brand new Offspring's material as opposed to just like an alternative version of a song that they had written yeah. in 1997. You know. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that the songs, the album in itself is already as short as it is, it just kind of felt a bit kind of a bit lazy, really. But uh, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, that that was really my main gripe, because as I say, on the face, I mean, on, as a whole, it's a fucking it's a good album, Miss. And when it's great, it's fucking great. I mean, for me, we let the bad times roll in Hassan Chop. I fucking loved them going back to their roots like there's really kind of fast, like punk bands when they just the main goal was to play like a million miles an hour everyone was like playing yeah. as fast as they could they kind of really rekindled that with um hassan chop i really like that and um yeah let the bad times roll I, I i can't keep saying how great that song is it's just so fucking good so catchy yeah i'm gonna be blasting that on the park when i get smashed with my mates on copperbergs yeah man Absolutely. i think there's a part of me that's like really hopes that this is just kind of them touching base and trying to figure out if they could be relevant again because it's yeah. been so long and i mean you think it was what 10 weeks ago when i was like hey guys offspring are back in the studio yeah you know and then yeah. all of a sudden they dropped let the bad times roll and now it's already here like it went from offspring aren't really a thing anymore to oh they're making new music oh we've got the new music like in three months yeah. you know really so quick. yeah let's hope that it's kind of a thing of them going well can we still be relevant is it going to be received mm. i mean based off of uh certain songs off of this i mean i can't see any reason why 
they can't be relevant anymore you know i mean there's there's plenty of stuff on here um to you know keep them current and keep them in the scene you know i uh i don't see any reason why they shouldn't i mean the only the only thing i can assume is a lot of people are gonna look at the face of it in terms of a song like we don't have sex anymore and uh, you know somebody who used to love offspring back in the day yeah you think probably think to themselves one day oh i wonder what offspring are up to these days and they'll look at like oh 2021 release they'll look at the track listing and it says oh still writing songs about sex are we (laughs) you know that's the only thing i can think that a lot of people probably they might feel a bit discouraged looking at maybe uh the band still trying to uh, write songs of that nature you know but i I suppose that there's the only real way of of finding out is just by listening to it really you know just stick it on and and if you still enjoy it then fuck it regardless of whether or not you feel like a teenager again i mean what's wrong with that (laughs) whoever said that was a bad thing um amen yeah cool but have you guys got anything else to add to the offsprings uh brand new record let the bad times roll it's like the bad times roll yeah let the bad times roll cool good all right decent well in that case uh that brings us to the end of the show this week we decided not to have any uh slated and celebrated or uh symphonies of destruction just purely because the uh the albums released this week were quite big and uh yeah we thought it would be a good week to have a break from it and uh and just big talk and, about the the records big mm. and pile of dog shit <laughs> yeah well i mean uh I don't know whose idea that was to have escaped the fate. Was it mine or was it yours or was it Crystal's? I can't remember. I think I I I wanted to review this. I've been banging on about it for weeks. I think I wanted to tear the shit into it because obviously we haven't really tore into any other albums besides Weezer, which we actually didn't give that much of a bad roasting about and a day to remember. So I was like, let's find an album where we can absolutely butcher with the blunt end of an axe. And I think we found Uh, that. Well, cheers to that, mate. I mean, uh, I'm glad that you you got a kick out of... uh ruining our weekends <laughs> starting to regret it already because now i've ruined mine as well but anyway uh, i digress i digress yeah. uh but again that's uh that's the show this week so we do sincerely hope that you uh you've enjoyed it and if you're going to do anything uh this this following this uh listen to offspring and the cannibal corpse record because i think that those two are the, the my takeaways from this this week cool all right well once again thank you very very much for listening guys and uh as i say we'll be back next week for more bollocks but in the meantime have a very very uh good week and we shall see you next week so uh goodbye for now everybody goodbye for now peace peace